I'm Lawrence Krauss, and you're listening to Trek Talk. Okay, uh, welcome to Trek Talk, episode 14. I'm John Alley. And I'm Garen Gillum. And with us is... Ashley Hughes! Yay, Ashley's back! Starfleet Academy finally uh, let you have a little leave of absence, a little R&R, 24-hour pass. (laughs) We got a little bit of shore leave. And now we're we're back into our quantum mechanics, electromagnetism theory. It's crazy, but good. Great to see you guys. Have you taken Have you taken the Kobayashi you. Maru? You've been hard at work at Starfleet Academy slash Florida Institute of Technology. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I'm very in, impressed <laughs> and humbled. <laughs> Thank you for the support. <laughs> I'm humbled myself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> If I saw quantum mechanics come up on, on, on a course that I was taking, I would run screaming for the hills. <laughs> Some days it's a little scary, not going to lie. <laughs> I can only read the, the layman's books that are put out by some of the physicists that, you know, just kind of take you through the quantum mechanics and more like words and examples, yeah. not the actual equations. Cause that, yeah. <laughs> they hurt. Suskin has a really good one out that kind of kind of explains it without all the insane math. I don't even know if it's calculus at this point. I mean, it's partial differential equations at, at the very minimum. But like, wow, <laughs> brain explosion. Yeah, really. <laughs> but hey, you're you're doing it. That's awesome. Doing it I, I just have a question. Yeah. Since since it goes along with physics, have you uh, started studying uh, the mycelium network? No. <laughs> Sorry. You'll get. Not you'll, yet. you'll get. Yeah. So you'll get you, that eventually. You'll just, get that eventually. <laughs> you'll. You'll. So you just. You don't. You don't, You haven't seen any episodes of Star Trek Discovery yet, right? No, I just hear bits and pieces okay. through the grapevine. Right. It's yeah. not really a. A spoiler to mention what John said about the mycelial network, which has some. It's it's probably it's it's the biggest pet peeve I have with the show. I don't. It's how they're powering the ship. It's powers what they they call their uh, spore drive. Right. That's the the mushroomologist. Yes. Yeah, I don't quite. (laughs) I can't. I don't see the connection between mushroom spores and. Physics. Yeah. Well, well. So, once, once that's my pet peeve on the show. Once, um, once Ashley watches it, she can tell us all about the science behind it. I, I will prepare a report. <laughs> As science officer, I expect no less. John, why are you bringing up his pet peeve, man? Come on. <laughs> Let us know if it's BS or not. Because, well, yes, I, sir. Yes. I have to bring uh, up that pet I hate peeve. To be harsh on it, but. I think it's a stretch as far as Star Trek, which is tries to stay a little bit closer to real technology. But yeah, I, I think they would have been better if they had used something like quantum mechanics, parallel universe theory, of which there's many. 
Yeah. Um, or I think why didn't they use dark matter and or dark energy as as the yeah. thing? Why Great why bring in mushrooms and spores? But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Say, I'm just saying. <laughs> Other than that, the show's show's great. It gets steadily better each episode, like literally, like before the like, sec before the second half of this season. Garen was a borderline hater at times. Oh, wow. So, so the re- so the reason I keep on bringing up the the spore drive is because really that's the main thing he has with the show now. That's uh-huh. that's his main pet peeve. So I have to keep poking the bear. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I do. Every, it. It's gotten better though. Like yesterday's episode, like I thought, I thought without any spoilers, I thought that was like rat, the Wrath of Khan level goodness right there. Awesome. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> That's your assignment for the weekend. Get CBS <laughs> All Access I, I think I can watch binge. all of them and get it done. Not well, blink an eye. Well, you'll, you'll, Maybe you'll, some popcorn. You'll get all of them except the last two. Still have two more left. There's Most of the episodes are not that long. That's probably my other pet peeve. <laughs> I think the episodes are too short. It's like, man. What are they, like 40? 40 minutes? Yeah, they're low 40s. There was one episode that was, it was 37 minutes. It's, it's been the shortest episode of Star Trek ever. But. How, how, how long was yesterday's? It's like 43, I think. 43? Okay, that's normal. Most of them, I think, are like 40 to 45. The, yeah, they used to be about 45. And then, so with the streaming service, do you guys get commercials like all throughout too? I... Initially, I got, I got, I paid, I paid the cheaper versioning with commercials, and after the first couple, I couldn't do it anymore. Okay. Which is, it's not broadcast anymore, so it's like they're not really beholden to the commercials. I don't know why they don't make longer episodes, but anyway. Well, in in case they ever do want to syndicate it, they still have to make it for regular TV if they want to sell it to other stations. That's my, John that's my reality. That's my it. guess. That's my... <laughs> they said they wanted to be like Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones, most of their episodes are at least an hour. Right. Or close to it. Bring it on, but, man. But once, if, if they ever wanted to show Game of Thrones on regular TV, they would have to cut out parts of it that would make it down to like 43 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they're doing it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Uh, all God, right so yeah there's 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 always like 17 minutes of sex and violence that they'll be able to cut out <laughs> every show right every show yes, it does push the envelope <laughs> i don't know if you've heard some of the other stuff that came up like did you hear that is, is, is this would that be a spoiler in terms of yeah the... no no don't don't they they they, don't they, they, they the, the language i the i don't have a problem with it but yeah they use some uh, choice language and there's a little very brief uh, I, I wouldn't say nudity but it's implied nudity because it's prosthetics <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah I've, I heard some some flap about that a little a little while ago yes yeah, some... it's, it's it's yeah it's 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 done in context of the show it's yeah. nothing's really gratuitous yeah the well, violence that this the violence is upscale a little bit. Um, but and they have cussing, right? Because that was the big thing 
like first season was everybody was losing their mind over the cussing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was, was really just they one. Dropped, one they dropped show. the f bomb, but it was not. You'll see when you watch it. It's not done in a. It's a nasty manner. It's a, more positive. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then there's later on there's a little Klingon side boob. Oh. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> But as John said, the Klingons are so there's so much prosthetic prosthetics. Yeah, I think. So. <laughs> I'm drinking my vodka. Latex. Here, so. Yo, there's a lot of latex. <laughs> and... Vodka. And before that, I had wine. So that. <laughs> we always drink on the show. Actually, John doesn't. John, how come you don't drink on our podcast? Because well, I I, I I I drink Friday and I I drink Saturday and then. All day yesterday, I was recovering from a hangover that actually <laughs> that actually even went over to this morning. Party animal! I actually I, I I passed out on the floor Saturday night when I got home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. When? Well, we 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 went over to some friend's house, got a box of wine, and. Three of us drank the wine. I think I drank the m- most of it. And in a box of wine, there's four bottles. And it was I – w- I wasn't used to wine. I usually, like, have, like, ciders or rum or something like that. But, you know, had some red wine and, woo, good times. Wow. Speaking of drinking, um, do you want to get to the news and talk about uh, some news items? Yeah, we can go over to the Federation News Service desk. This report has been brought to you by the Federation News Service. All right. So, I don't know why I said... Actually, I know why drinking brought me to the news. Because we had some items that we want to talk about for Star Trek Las Vegas 2018. Because pretty much all we did at night was (laughs) drink. (laughs) Well, it started it started at night after the convention. Pretty much all the booze and all the events ended. Everybody meandered to not the main bar. What was it? The masquerade? The masquerade, masquerade. bar? And right. drank from uh, that night until early, early the next morning some days. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that next time. That was, I may have to... Moderate. Yeah. That was next level. <laughs> that that <was>. hurt. <laughs> it I, was I, so much fun. Every I, day, I, the next morning hurt. I, yes. Yeah. I, I, I missed all the early day events. <laughs> Can't roll out of bed to like one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to thank At you once. You a, the big panels in the afternoon, right? That's true. <laughs> I want to thank you for getting me to my room the morning that I had to go get on my flight and made sure I had a wake up call. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which was hilarious because I made sure you had your wake up call, and then when I went to bed, I was just like, "Eh." <laughs> I just flopped in my bed, nothing. And barely woke up in time to make my flight. Holy god! <laughs> Good times. Anyway, what we wanted to say, as far as the convention, they mentioned some guests that were going to be there. Ashley, do you want to talk about about about, about that? Yeah. So, so Mr. Mudd's going to be there. Rain Wilson. 
from the from the new Discovery series. Yes. And what else do we say? Which is surprising because I don't think he's been in the past couple of years, at least, to my knowledge. He wasn't there in 2015, and wasn't there this year, was he? This past year? Who? I'm sorry. Who is this? You kind of broke up a little, Ashley. Uh, Cole Meany, Chief oh. O'Brien. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I don't. I definitely. Of course, he definitely wasn't there last year. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah he's, so. he's a big time working actor, so that's gonna be cool. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. And uh, Rain Wilson's gonna be there. That's gonna be cool. Maybe I can. That would get. That would get Melissa to go to the con because she's oh. a big uh, The Office fan. Yep. <laughs> oh, cool. And then uh, they, Kara and her can hang out when they get tired of the convention. <laughs> they can go. To, they can go to the pool and have their wine. And <laughs> See, there, yeah, there you go. You need a little support oh. network when they get tired of all the Star Trek nerds. <laughs> go to bed at ten, and we'll, we'll wander in there too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the main reason Kara wants to go is for the nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, no. after parties, man. <laughs> yes, uh, we will. St- that's cool. I'm, that's, that's, I'm glad actually he's going to call me. He's going to be there. And yes, yeah, awesome. I've been looking to him for for a while, and he's not been at any of them that I've been to recently. So, yeah. And it should is this should be a big DS9 con since this will be the 25th anniversary of DS9. Right. Mm-hmm. So that will be that should be good. Gonna be a good one as you, long as they do Klingon karaoke. Oh, I'm sure they will. That, yes. that's a that's a that's a thing. I think they've scheduled every year, past couple ones, from how I heard other people speaking of it. Uh, do you know uh, when the I guess the general admission tickets go on sale? Because I know the gold and I think the platinum have already gone on sale. That's like March or April usually. Okay. I guess I could look it up, but my keyboard's out of reach. Let's see. Gold package is sold out. Mm-hmm. Looks like... Um... Oh, it might be on sale now. Oh, really? Oh, no. Maybe not. Just kidding. I don't think General's on sale yet. Okay. Looks like um, Captain's Chair is on sale right now. Yeah, from, from what I remember last time, but we had to wait a little, little while. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But you guys have your rooms scheduled, right? No. No. I do. <laughs> you looked up. Which, was like... which wing are you in? I. They didn't say. I don't believe. I no. I think. I, I think I got the same wing as last time. Okay. Nice. I mean, those were nice rooms. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully get a little bit better view. But I really, didn't spend that much time in the room. So, other exactly. than other than costume changes, that's right. Three <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, what else do we have in the news? Um, I don't really think there is much news this week um 
other than the new episode, uh, we discussed the second Discovery comic already. Um, so I'm not. S- you want to talk a bit about the Anovos? Oh yes, releasing uh, their. Star Trek Discovery Phaser Type 2 replica that is going to probably... I don't think it's actually out yet. So Trek Core did a review. I don't think it's actually out yet, though. Because no, think... they didn't have the price. They just speculated it was going to be probably at least 500 bucks. Right. That's how much Ooh. they uh, originally posted because I believe it is still on pre-order. Let me get to Novus real fast. Um... If I can find it. Do they have the Discovery uniforms out yet? Yeah. Ooh, good question. I know they they're... Did. They had them for they pre-order. They're making them. Are they, I'm not sure if they're available yet. They're still on pre-order. Yes, uh, pre-order yeah. now. Uh, you can reserve the phaser. It's the Starfleet Hand Phaser Interactive Prop Replica. Reservations. Oh, wave six. So it sounds like they've already had five other waves. Pre-orders closed January 31st, 2018. Wave six delivery by November 2018. Wow. Uh, Waves one through five phasers have been sold, though. Wow. And it's not just the... Sorry, but they've been out. Um, I'll I'll wait for the the toy version of it. Yeah, yeah, it's... (laughs) Let me see if they list how much it is. I'm not seeing a price. I believe it was, yeah, $500. And it's not just the type 2. It is. It does have the, it separates into the type 1 uh, hand phaser as well. And it's pretty cool because it has the, like, um, the battery pack. Like they, they show, you can click on it and I'll show the charge in it. Like they... Through the hand, yeah. through the handle, like the prop, um, has... does it make a does it make a sound? Does does it do that cool charge up whine when they bring it up? I'm not sure because I I watched the video um, with no sound, so I'm not sure. I wish they had if they had that it would be cool because I see. like that charge up sound that it has. It has a removable uh, magnetic battery clip. Type one. Stunning kill settings. Yes. <laughs> the thing with those, though, you're not you can't really bring in toy replica weapons into the cons, though. So it's kind of even phasers. I don't think you can, right? I thought I saw people with phasers. Really? Yeah. I thought they didn't. I, did, I don't think I don't think you can actually bring replicas that look like actual modern <laughs> firearms. Like, if you wanted to dress up like, you know, the crew of Serenity, you couldn't bring, even though they've been modified, you couldn't bring those because they're based on actual weapons. Right. Modified. I think we could get by with a phaser. At least a Type (laughs) 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't see those anyway. (laughs) But it does not say anything about sound. So I'm not sure. It would be cool if they did, but I'm I'm with Garen though. I think I'm going to wait for. Uh, I think it's uh, McFarland Toys will be making. Yeah, I think that's the same company that I have 
a TOS phaser and communicator. Uh, no, McFarland's never had the uh, um, any rights on Star Trek. McFarland's oh, McFarland's oh, really? the, the toy uh, they originally did. Well, Todd McFarland did Spawn. He was a comic artist and who wrote actually did like some Spider-Man and then he started doing Spawn and it took off so well he started his own toy line. Really? McFarlane I didn't know toys. That. So yeah. what, they got the license? So this other company that had been making the the toys up until very recently then. Yeah, I, still buy them. Well, I think that, I think that's a Diamond Select. Yeah, does the, or does maybe those. there's they get us they give a separate license for Star Trek Discovery maybe they might and you know I mean yeah because... I guess that makes sense because the and uh, for the role playing game Modifius did not they don't have the rights to do Star Trek Discovery content I, they must be separating the licenses out they must be let me let me do a quick uh, do some banter so I can look for uh, McFarlane toys. Let's banter. <laughs> banter, banter, banter. Witty so, banter. how about those Redskins? No. Oh um, no, 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 no sports, no sports. <laughs> I haven't paid attention in years. <laughs> Unless it's Parisi Square. Um. Well, you know, are you? Well, we're gonna. I, we we're gonna have to bring. Uh, Beam up our special guest real soon into the show. Yes, um, I'm not seeing anything on the on their homepage about on McFarland Toys about the any Star Trek Discovery. So that's something we can research for uh, next week and fill in any well, pretty much all the gaps that we just left hanging there. There you go. All right, all right. You want to. Uh... See about getting our special guest on the show to talk about Star Trek Discovery with us. Yes, let's see if we'll be able to beam her up shortly. All right, we are ready to beam up our special guest this week. Uh, John, go ahead and engage. And wait, hold on a second. Let me. I need to calibrate something. <laughs> All right, hold on. All right, go ahead and engage. Beam up. Energizing now. All right. Who's the matter game? I think she's coming in. We got. I hope there's not an ion storm. <laughs> that would be inconvenient. I... I hear someone. Hey. Right. Are you there, Megan? Yeah, there she is. <laughs> Yay. Am I here? You're, you're here. Ow! Sorry. That, what, careful, careful sip. Whoa, hey, we brought some alien life forms. Ozzy, chill. Hi, Ozzy. Hi. So, uh, our special guest today is Megan Levins, is a comic book artist. Uh, she's done a number of things, including Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel City, and of course Star Trek. Yeah, Welcome back yes. to the show, Megan. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too. <laughs> so, uh, 
We've got Ashley here with us as well. Unfortunately, Ashley uh, Megan has not. Uh, she's not caught up on Star Trek Discovery. She has been uh, busy studying physics, literally quantum. <laughs> <laughs> it's you been know. too much math. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's exploding, but I just wanted to stop and say hi to you before I had to go away. Oh, good to see you. And I, you will not get any spoilers from me because I've been like, <laughs> one of my friends is waiting to binge it when it's all done, when the first season's all done. And I haven't spoiled anything for him. So I feel very good about my restraint. <laughs> I cannot wait. It's gonna be awesome. We've we've yes. only we've only talked about stuff that she has heard, but we really didn't spoil anything. It was basically the technology about the spore drive. So, right, cool. <laughs> and that's about as far as we made it. Yeah. She's gonna write her dissertation on uh, mycelium network. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, laugh. <laughs> yes. So once she gets caught up, then we can. We can have her back on and talk all things Discovery. That's right. But awesome. Ashley, uh, anyway, I guess we'll have to beam you back down to the Florida Institute of Technology. Yeah, that's right. It Thanks was, for having me, guys. It was great. Great seeing, great seeing you, Ash. Good luck. Yeah. Good to see you. See you soon. Okay. All right. So uh, let's get into it here. So. Uh, Episode 13 of Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Wow. Amazing. What was the name? What is past? Is His prologue. prologue. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> right. What do you think? I think I think every episode is getting better and better. Yeah. It, uh, the second half of the season has just really ramped up for me. <laughs> like every episode just takes it a step above where we were before. Sorry, the pets are super anxious tonight for some reason. No, that's that's no they're, fine. They're, they're joining the conversation. But... No worries. How's Ozzy doing? He's good. He's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, boy. All right. Let's just get right into it then. So... Where did this episode start? Um... Yeah, we I, we I wanted to watch it a second time, but it just didn't have time since last night. So yeah. um... I'm jamming on inks today, so yeah. repeat viewings have have to wait. But <laughs> so it starts off basically with Lorca um, retrieving his the, his cr- previous crew. Yeah, from the agonizer booth. The and we see Commander Landry. Which you, you there, Garen? Yes. Yeah, can okay. you hear me? Yeah. Okay. And so, um, which they they did point something out on After Trek that they've been in there for almost two years, but they like had yeah. no 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 hair growth, no. Per- <laughs> True. Yes. Maybe. maybe well, they, I, I'm maybe. thinking. Well, do they? Do they. They don't stay in there twenty. I mean, obviously, they would have to take them out to eat, use the facilities. That's true. Right. Then, it, 
Stick them back in there. Okay, okay, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ozzy is fine. My cat is old and crabby and... <laughs> <laughs> We're having incidents here. <laughs> oh. we, I, I have right. two Boston Terriers, so you, yeah. I understand incidences. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the cat... I. I put my headset in because the cat hates Skype, hates any sort of speaker like me conversing with a computer or the phone. And so he bites me. Like, that's what you, oh. if you were watching the video, that's what just happened was he attacked my arms. Oh, no. Okay. Then he bounced off the desk and Ozzy went to bravely defend me and <laughs> they got into it. So. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I know what you mean. One of our Boston Terriers, for some reason, goes crazy when I try to take the trash out. You know? I don't know why. <laughs> which which ones? She hates the trash. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy is usually pretty cool with the cat, but if the cat is bothering me in any way, he he comes to my defense. So. <laughs> John, how's Porthos doing, by the way? Porthos doesn't hardly leave. He he he, he moves from the bed to his food bowl to outside to the uh footrest by the couch and he's 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 old blind and deaf so oh <laughs> but he's st- he's still my bu- he's 17 17 18 Ooh. but yeah awesome. <laughs> but he's still he's still my buddy support those all right an awesome name by the way thank you <laughs> yes Star Trek Waypoint had uh, you got yeah. you that issue right? Yes, yes. John and Megan, did you? Of course. They uh, gave me the uh, the. They sent me copies of the trade, so I got to glance at it. <laughs> yes, there's a there's a nice short short story there in Porthos, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that that that, that gave me the feels. That story did. Yes. <laughs> So. All right, back to uh, Captain. Well, Lorca. What do we call him? Evil Lorca. Yeah, yeah. Mira Lorca <laughs> and Nasty um, Lorca. <laughs> the crew of the ISS. Uh, I can never think of his ship. Baron. Yeah. Baron. Yeah. Baron. Yeah, yes. that sounds all right. <laughs> Baron. Yes. So and uh, yeah, they also mentioned how he did the transfer uh, transfer to the Prime Universe. Uh, an ion storm interfering with the transporter. Yes. That sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which brings up some possibilities. Well, we'll get back to that. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So he has his followers who he uh, has gotten, gotten out of the agonizer booth and they head out on a mission to take over the, palace ship and they make pretty good progress in doing so yeah Um, that's not a very well guarded palace ship (laughs) (laughs) that is true yeah although if you're although if you're emperor michelle yo you probably think i need like 12 other guys maybe and i can handle most of it right she actually could we saw yeah (laughs) uh yes that well, not to get ahead of ourselves, but that fight—she's. Yeah. I like how they tied in her 
other skill set into the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so they they got Mirror Stamets, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Landry was really wanting to kill him. <laughs> she wants to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I only just started watching the After Tricks a couple of weeks ago, but they're, they're kind of amusing. I mean, I watch them as I'm working, so I have them on in the background, but, uh, Rekha Sharma had some, she was dropping little funny hints about why she didn't like Stamets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why she was so like ready to just drop him into the, the, what, the mycelium core. <laughs> yes. He didn't, they used him for a bit. I, I think he was, he helped them do something, I guess. I don't remember what it was. Well, he he yeah. he uh, he created that um, biological weapon that they released. Oh, yes, they right. they released through the vents, yeah. and it destroyed yeah. a lot of uh, emperors, emperors, Giorgio's, uh, I guess, soldiers. Yes, that's which, right. Which is pretty gruesome the way they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, the bio weapon. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. But they did, and well, do we need to do our spoiler alert first? Is this even well necessary at this point? I, I I'll throw it in. I'll throw it in po- post production. Okay. So, Spoilers. so when you're hearing me saying I'm putting it in post production, you should have already heard it. So it's like it's like weird. It's like time travel. Yeah. <laughs> we o- we overshot the podcast yes. by a couple minutes. We were so excited to have <laughs> Megan on. So. Uh, okay. Yes, he did get killed. Oh, Mirror Stamets. Yeah. But uh, didn't she vaporize him before he, she got pushed over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Landry, yeah, he, Landry shot him he, in the back. Yeah. And and Lorca made a big point. He's like, isn't it poetic if we drop you right into the, the core? Yeah, I hate poetry. And yes. Landry shoot him in the back. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that poetry comes back in play later, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so much happened in this episode. It's almost a blur. Oh, uh, the last couple episodes have been a blur. Yeah. Uh, so, Emperor Georgiou was, I don't know, she initially decided she was going to still execute Burnham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Burnham made an escape. Uh, Diehard style. Yes. <laughs> um, so she got away, and then what? Then what happened, John? Megan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Megan. <laughs> no pressure. Well, so she's. <laughs> so, so she's escaping and at the same time Lorca is slowly taking over the ship and yes. Lorca and Giorgio have a standoff but she's got an emergency transport hooked up so she can get out of the firefight when it starts to go badly for her yes so that was a cool firefight yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they use that site to site slash emergency transport quite a bit in this show at least twice so far, and it's like before. It's really never seen before. Next generation. 
that your pet is that your pet peeve, John? In this Star Trek, it's, it's not really a pet peeve, peeve, but yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, how the computer? I mean, you don't even have it to need a transporter, Chief, because I mean, <laughs> you can just you know emergency <laughs> transport, and the computer takes care of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what else happened? So Burnham got in contact with his discovery and, and Saru at one point and basically said, Lorca is from the mirror universe. He's a Terran. And I, and she ended basically told him, I think initially did not, to basically try to get away. Don't, yeah, well, she said, yeah. Home, find a way home, you know, just stay away from this ship. They won't mess with you. They won't come after you. But they couldn't find, they couldn't find a way home because the, all the, all the spores were, were dead because of the uh, giant reactor, mycelium reactor yeah. on the, on the palace ship. I yeah. mean, that whole thing was killing the whole mycelium network. So they had to figure out, I mean... Yeah, they had to figure out a way to destroy that. And, well, even then, they weren't sure if they'd be able to get home. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So, yes, Stamets is the one basically figured out that whatever that thing was. We thought it was like a neutron star or something last last episode of the podcast. But it's part of the mycelium network. And it's basically sucking in all the energy of the mycelium network and the result would be potentially the destruction of the universe as we know it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, that's okay. Cause they're bringing back mycelium jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my fossil fuel joke. <laughs> Make the empire great again. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if there's there's some tie into uh, some present day. <laughs> oh, it's Star Trek, <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> uh, it was and it was Lorca too. I, I don't know. I guess prior to this episode, I was maybe somewhat hoping that Lorca was perhaps one of the few good ones, oh. if you can call it that, in the mirror universe. Yeah, before I'd watched this episode, Jason Isaacs tweeted uh, something about Lorca, and I tweeted back because I thought, yeah, he he's a good guy. He'll like bring in like some other races into the Empire and stuff, and like you know yeah. make it a little bit better. And I yeah. I wrote, I still believe in Lorca. <laughs> yeah, and then 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 they show that he's just as big a xenophobe as anybody <laughs> yeah. else in the Empire. It's like uh, oh, yeah, he's, he's not looking to change their their structure of their society. He just wants to be on the top of it. Yes. That's, yeah, that's his only goal. And <laughs> be worse, apparently, because he said something about the Emperor Georgia was bringing in some oh, some soft. other species, some other races uh, that that she was soft on border control. Which again, we can oh, yeah, yes. jokes there. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wait, isn't it ironic? I want, we'll get a little political here. Isn't it ironic yeah. that how much Jason Isaacs dislikes Trump, his character is almost, except B 
being yeah. being intelligent yeah. and you know um, yeah. well spoken. His, his character is yeah. almost Trump like. <laughs> yeah, he's. That was one of the the amusing moments on After Trek was they were talking about. Uh, what each of them uh, imagined being in an agonizer booth was like, and Jason Isaacs didn't miss a beat, and he answered, "It must feel a lot like the Trump presidency." Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Matt, crying, laughing. While I think there. I think Matt Myers just his eyes got a little bit big, and he's like, "Let's let's glaze over. Let's not go there." Well, yeah. so he, 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 yeah. Jason, he, Jason Isaacs, he's he's a trip. He's kind of a nut. I mean, he's he, he's out there. Yeah, he's a character. But you know, you kind of want that in in someone who's going to be playing your your yeah. ultimate really revealed villain. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> has uh, which... has he ever played a good guy? I mean, <laughs> I think he was okay in Event Horizon. Okay. <laughs> was he it's... in Event Horizon? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, might have to check that one out. But yeah, I don't know. That's not my, that's I, not my I like watch he... list. It's been yeah. So I I think I only watched it twice in my life, and there are parts that stuck with me more than others. So, but I don't think he was he was too nasty. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I have to say I'm a little disappointed that you know, of course he didn't make it in the end. Well, uh, remember we've got a prime Lorca somewhere. I know, yeah. right? But according yeah. to Jason Isaac's tweet, it, he sounds pretty – well, maybe he's just referring to the – you never know yeah. what, what he's up to. You can't believe him now because yeah. he's, he's – He's lied he's, to uh, us yeah. so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I For a while, I was thinking this is the end of this character. However, there was a, there was a little – a little snippet happened in After Trek. Um, I don't know if you picked it up, Megan, but it was, it, was, it was when Jason Isaac was signed off After Trek. Yeah. He, he closed out on the call, and um, his, uh, Mr. Sullivan, I forget his first name. Ted, uh, Ted, Ted Sullivan? Sullivan yes. Yeah, yeah. He... He said something about how now that Jason Isaacs has left the show, but he he, he changed. He went back and said, "I mean, he now that he left after this ep- after track, like yeah. he was kind of correcting himself as if he didn't." Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was off Discovery, which gave me some yeah. hope that maybe uh, Jason Isaacs will be back. Yeah, because I mean they've they've heavily hinted that. Uh... Uh, Dr. Culber, Culber will be back too. That's true. Like they've hinted. I mean, they did. I, I don't know if they were hinting at just his appearance in the last two episodes in mm. the network talking to Stamets, but it sounded like they were hinting more at, like, you know, now that we've opened up the mirror universe as such a big integral part of this story and how these yeah. characters came together, then there's other versions of characters we've lost. I got the sense that he would be back and. That it would be more than just the mycelial network connection. Yeah, or maybe. I thought, well, I I thought it would be maybe they bring him back via the mirror universe version of him somehow. Maybe. Yeah, it's kind of what I was I was like waiting for. You know, well, I guess he'd be clean shaven because he already has a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe he would be. I mean, there's got to be a couple of good people. In the... There are. 
in the like, Mary universe, right? There were a few in, in Deep Space Nine era. I think they just needed a few decades of oppression to yeah. <laughs> get some perspective. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so... All right, so we have then what? So, anyway, to kind of get back with things, uh, Burnham made her way back to the Emperor. Yes. Her, her, well, the Emperor's emergency transport transported her basically back to her, I guess, quarters. Yeah. It's, it's more like a dining room set, seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Burnham, uh, because she realized that's more like a, a sanctuary for emperor. So that's where um, Michael heads to and meets her there. Yeah. And they basically hatch a plan of sorts, um, which is to uh, play the ruse that um, Burnham is bringing has captured Georgia to bring to Lorca. Yes. Well, because um, uh, Lorca does not, well, he actually gave orders not to kill Burnham. He wants, he wants Burnham to rule at his side. And, and then Burnham pretty much agrees as, yeah, she would, she would, her quote was, you can have my mind. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> you gotta set the boundaries to start with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you don't want to go in and say, I offer you myself. Wait, hold on. Right. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Yeah, this is where you see that we're, we're that's we're, that's pretty we're, much we're how good. all of uh, Hollywood negotiations are um, going yes. from now on. <laughs> yes. This is where you, this is kind of where you see that Lorca he's he's got some issues, right? I mean, the fact that I mean he he believes her. I mean, he's he's got this view of destiny that. Yeah, he's, he's gonna end up as emperor. Burnham's gonna be at his side. Yeah, and it's all gonna work out. Um, but, but no, <laughs> but no. Discovery is on its way, and uh, Burnham and. Uh, the emperor, they basically kick some butt. I oh mean, my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. Their their plan is if we just get in there and surprise them, the two yes. of us can take them down. Yeah. <laughs> All they need to do is get two two of those uh, f- phaser rifles and. Yeah. I I during that scene I was thinking I was it reminded me a bit of the Last Jedi of the uh, mm. the, the palace fight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I think it reminded me of that too because I'd just been seeing all those tweets of people setting it to different music and setting it to the chain by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, no, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It's just like a 20 second clip, but it's it's pretty well timed. <laughs> of, the, of the last Jedi fight. 
Yeah, yeah, really? where like Ray grabs the saber and gets up, looks at Kylo, and then they take on the, the guards. Okay. <laughs> I'll check that out. Um Yeah, that was a that was a pretty well choreographed fight scene. That was that was pretty badass. The yeah. the, the the scene where uh I I don't I can't remember who it was. It might have been Lorca, but I, it was Somebody came up behind Giorgio, grabbed her, and all I remember the next thing that happens is her leg comes straight yes. up. It was and ki- yes, oh, and it was ki- she kicks that, him I over her shoulder. Just a second. Yes. It was like, yeah. that, that was, was like... awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, how does she bend that way? What do <laughs> I need to do in yoga to do that? <laughs> that was crazy. Yes, yeah. I was thinking this. That's why I was going to mention that same move. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, anyway. Oh, and, and, and Lorca ends up killing Landry to get to Burnham. <laughs> or, or at least injuring her. Yeah. yeah. Like, basically, or basically just he sees that Landry has got Burnham trapped and he's like, wait. No, I need Burnham. That's right. <laughs> and he'll take out any of his own people to to keep her alive. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um but anyway, they got the dust of Captain Lorca. Possibly because he's attacking his own people. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a not a great strategy. No, no. <laughs> I liked how Burnham schooled him in the end there. It's like, you know, we're Starfleet. If you we probably would have just yeah. helped you if you had asked for it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that that little bit of uh, just going back to what Starfleet stands for and reminding the audience of that, even though, you know, this, this show has taken a lot of different directions. They kind of went back to that yeah. and touched on that as, as being, you know, what drives her, even though she mutinied and she has this whole past of, you know, betraying that, that's still her core set of principles. So. Yeah. And the previous episode, or was it the episode before that, but when she, you know, beamed over um, Ash lost Volk. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Starfleet yeah. doesn't execute yeah. prisoners. So, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're, they're tying it back into the Starfleet and Federation principles. Yeah. Yeah. And even you know, I mean, even in the end, she couldn't let Giorgio die again. Yeah. So. Yes. But yeah, well, yeah, they, they were they were able to get the uh, the the reactor, um, I guess, the reactor shielding down. Yeah. And, and before um, it was. Yeah, it was Lorca's men that were busting through the the doors of the pal or the throne room, mm-hmm. and um, Giorgio was going to buy them time to get out and destroy the reactor. And as Lorca's men bust through, they start to beam um, Burnham out, and she sees Giorgio and runs towards her, grabs her, and beams her out as well. Yes. 
That was the moment I gasped aloud. Yes. I, yeah. That, <laughs> I was, that was a minute. I was like, oh! yeah. I heard myself. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I've never done that to a TV show. Like, not since uh, they killed Jon Snow on Game of Thrones several oh. seasons ago. Oh, that wait, was the yes. only other moment where I was like, oh! I, 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 I had that moment several times in the last, in the Mirror Universe episodes. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had a couple of what? moments yeah. and, and uh, a slight cringing squealing sound might have happened with the kelpie and sushi yeah that was yeah. I, but... I i was a little i felt a little sick on that one that was tough yeah i'm like oh <laughs> my 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 biggest reaction was when um Ash Tyler killed dr colbert i i had never done this oh. to any show before but i literally <laughs> jumped out of my seat and scream no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I don't think I jumped up, but I think I was like, no, Hugh. Yeah. No, no, I, yeah. I was out of my seat uh, and I have witnesses. My, my wife and daughter yeah. saw us. So. <laughs> which was way- why, which is why I, I actually, um, I, I know it would violate Starfleet principles, but I kind of wanted Burnham to just beam him in the space. <laughs> oh, like, Ash! Yeah. I'm I'm still very confused a little bit about who or what Ash slash Vulk is. Like, yeah. is he is he Ash's body with Vulk in him, or is that Vulk? Like, did they just completely shave down his body? You know, like Culber was talking about breaking his bones down i guess yeah. i'm getting off topic here but no 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 <laughs> i'm so con- i'm so conflicted on who he is that i'm not ready to condemn him <laughs> i I, th- I think it's i think it's, i think it's Volk's body because like like you mentioned yeah. dr colber said he had like you know stuff ground down like limbs mm-hmm. shortened broken i think that's yeah. Volk's body and then they kind of implanted actual ash tyler's personality and memory engrams onto vote yeah. okay huh. so but but laurel took away vokes memories yeah. so now it's ash in a klingon turned human body which yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be weird so like so if he's if he's ash in in mind then you know ash tyler is innocent <laughs> yeah I so. think, but <laughs> I also think hopefully, hopefully they really were cute, so I might forgive him for all manner of sins. <laughs> hopefully they resolve that. <laughs> forgive, for, forgive him. Well, no not for you, show. but you know, <laughs> I've been we'll known see. to make cases. I've been known to make cases for some pretty. Uh, I've been known to use technicalities of sci-fi and fantasy genre to <laughs> excuse a few other crimes. I've defended spike from buffy using the whole but he has a soul now <laughs> nice yeah i don't know you haven't done that to any real people have you <laughs> what huh what was that I, I said you haven't you haven't done that to any real people have you <laughs> well no, no okay no because real people don't get those kind of freebie passes that they do in, in, <laughs> yeah, okay. in, in, in okay. fiction. <laughs> we'll see. I think he's still going to have to work through some issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Supposedly, I mean, she Laurel did the Klingon death scream, which would indicate that Volk has been erased, but yeah, who knows? But she's Klingon and she could, well, to lie would be dishonorable. Yeah, you don't know. Hopefully, yes. hopefully it's resolved. I, yeah. she, she could have just, that could have been a show for the rest of the Starfleet people around the around there yeah. the she's already proved that she's kind of more of a spy or yes. More yes a double agent like that would she's... surprise me if that was all an act and uh, maybe volk is still in there somewhere yeah um but anyway so back to the last episode yeah. <laughs> uh, uh discovery came in and i was happy to see we got to see some really good shots of discovery in flight yes. so to speak um Screen capping that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I saw that. That you mentioned that you're having trouble finding a good. I'm, yeah, I'm just drawing it for my own fun, but and partly to remind my editors that you know I'm practicing on Discovery characters. <laughs> and <kids>. So <laughs> when I come back to Trek, I'm like, hey. <laughs> I was going to ask but... you about that because like, hmm. she's, she's trying to find a good. Images of the Discovery. I wonder... If I was working officially on a Discovery project, they would have sent me some better reference, I promise. When I started working on Baldly Go, they sent me turnarounds of all the uniforms and all the characters. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I've got some... I've got a whole file folder on an FTP site that's called Bad Spock because it's uh, a very early costume test, costume and makeup test of Zachary Quinto that they didn't end up using. And they're like, don't draw his hair this way. It's just for the likeness. Oh, is that from the, <laughs> is that from the first movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I've, seen, I've seen some because I noticed that like the early yeah. promo photos had that. And it was, yeah, the makeup. It's, it's off. It, yeah. And the makeup's a little too green. Yeah. It's a little too jaundiced. Yeah, it's just a little off. <laughs> So. You, I was going to ask you about you did so. Did they send you uh, images on the other ship? So it's uh, Star Trek Boldly Go. What was the issue that you did? Was it? I did uh, five issues. The one there was one. There was a big page of a lot of starships that you did ah yeah that was uh <laughs> that was issue 14 yeah which was part of their their idic uh idic um yes. storyline where basically all these different multiple uni- multiverse yeah. realities converge and so that was the ship of just as many enterprises as i could draw <laughs> You did a lot of ships there. Yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, sometimes when, when a writer writes something like that, I don't know if, if Mike Johnson envisioned it being that many, but I remembered the scene from, God, now I forget which which Next Generation episode that is, where all of the little enterprises are blinking in, and I yeah. wanted it to look like that. I wanted it to just be as far as field division could see was Enterprises. And, you know, once I showed the pencils, Mike was like, this is great. Just keep, you know, let's just, I, I have a few requests of ones I want in there. I want one that looks like it's made out of diamonds and one that looks oh, like okay. it's made out of vines and one that's got Romulan markings on it. Like the Romulans took it over. So I went in and added some things and, and then our you colorist. Did a great uh, job. I remember that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to challenge myself because I don't get to draw starships very often. So I wanted to, 
just really stretch my muscles there and draw something that was going to be really splashy for that spread. <laughs> do you, do you, have you have you put any Easter eggs into into your uh, the comics you've done? Uh, I tried to put a few. I try to be very careful because with licensed books, sometimes they'll catch it and you know, like uh, the second two parter that I did. Originally, the script called for us to throw a couple of the characters who were in the original Whom God Destroys uh, or God's Destroy uh, episode when we went back and did uh, the prison scene. But then I guess they couldn't get the the likeness rights to do uh, Yvonne Craig. Okay. So we had had to make sure, like, to put a, a female character in there who wasn't her. Okay. So I'm a little cautious about that, but I do try to put in things that are appropriate to the setting just because I have this deep, uselessly photographic memory for Star Trek trivia and details that (laughs) like I put uh, Denobulans in the first two parter I did when they have the big Federation gathering. I wanted to have, you know, Dr. Phlox, his people there. Yeah. (laughs) Ozzy, bring me the ball and stop barking. That was the that was a two parter that had the Starfleet cadets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, murder at Babel. Yes, <laughs> Babel. Very cool, Babel. Um. So, all right. So we had a really cool ending to that episode. I, yes. a, I was going to say because we had John and I had talked about how they on the show. There, there seemed to be a kind of a lack of like really good shots of discovery, like flying through space and any you know, ships for that thing. matter. It was either it's either like it was either sitting there or it was, or it was going into the spore jump. Yeah. Um, but I thought yesterday's episode had some really cool shots of the discovery, and there was one of like a head-on shot of it coming at you, which. Yeah. Reminded me of the Wrath of Khan and the USS Reliant, the head-on yes. shot. The ship looked really menacing. That was cool. Yeah. And I like, it was one of the things about uh, Star Trek Beyond that I loved, and I really liked it in last night's episode, was seeing the warp bubble distortion when they're in warp. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, I just, for some reason, the fact that they've always described it as a warp bubble and the first time you see that actually looking like space being bent around the ship beyond. And then they show that a little bit of that last night. I'm like, yes, I love that. I don't know why (laughs) being an artist and a visual person, when you hear a sci-fi physics theory like that, and then they visualize it in such a a cool way. It appeals to me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That had a really, so yep. So they basically, they took out the, palace ship and and they yeah they were they rode the wave collecting yep. collecting collecting uh yeah <laughs> they, they collected um mycelium to activate the drive so they basically they went to warp activated the drive and poof back to yep. back to their universe except they overshot now what what we what we what tell me it's like uh, we'll start with Megan so what were you thinking when they said overshot like because because 
I know. I was like, okay, how far? Because right. are we going to be in a timeline where we're going to see other things that we've, I mean, they, there was, I don't know. I think at first I, my part of my brain was thinking, have they overshot like a decade and it's TOS era or have they gone further? I was thinking oh. next generation. I don't know. I was... Yeah. Cause I was going to say like the other option would be to go to a point in time when, uh, the Klingons and the Federation were at peace yeah. And then to be like, how did this happen? And, you know, try to figure that out. And, but it was, yeah, it was for that split second. It was just like, whoa. Cause, yeah. The show has shown that it can definitely turn the tables and have surprises. Yeah. I was yeah, like, whoa. I, yeah. I'm with okay. you, I was, I'm I'm with you Garen. I, I thought, I thought they were probably, you know, TOS or uh, TNG era and, you know, probably going to okay. see the. Yeah. See the Enterprise D or something, <laughs> but, but yeah, might, it, might, it might have been worth it for for an upgraded Worf. I'm oh kind of wow! Tempted to do some fan art. No, I'm oh, kind wow. of tempted to do fan art of like cl- like re- retroactively like redesigning some of the Klingon characters. I wanted to figure out what Kalar would look like. Oh wow! You know, if, oh. if she were half, you know, the Dura sisters, Elizabeth. <laughs> that's that's a that's cool. All right, so we actually so yeah, we got we got an artist here. Yes, that could. Go. <laughs> this is one of the things I think about when I watch Discovery. I think this is awesome. I've loved Star Trek my whole life. This show is great. Okay, what can I draw? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting interesting topic that we've had on the podcast. Is my view on the show? I've just accepted it. Like it's pretty. It, it it's. It's it's in the prime timeline. It's canon, yeah. right? Because yeah. they said yeah. that. I can accept it. But yeah. at this point, I, I I look at it as being they've done a complete visual reimagining of everything. The Klingons, the ships. I think the I reason think that it the reason that it doesn't bother me is simply because they've done it with every series. You know, like I. I can understand the perspective of, of fans who are saying, well, if this is 10 years before Kirk, why does it, you know, why does it look so much more like the present day aesthetic? Why does it look so much like, uh, you know, the Kelvin verse or, but when you think about it, every time that they've revisited Star Trek, even just specifically the Klingons have gotten a redesign. They went from, you know, actors in brown face and sashes because that's what they could afford, and yeah. that looked alien, and that looked threatening. And then in the 80s, that wasn't going to cut it, so they invented the turtle head look. And <laughs> But even that evolved. <laughs> I'm yeah. using that. Jonathan Frakes dropped that, and I, yeah. I am not so... I'm not so quietly not a Worf fan, so I'll drop any like shame on Worf anytime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the Klingons look different every time you see them, and then when they show up in Star Trek Into Darkness, they're kind of evolving towards yeah. what they become in Discovery. So, you know, when we saw the the updated versions of the Andorians and the Tellarites a few episodes back, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Every time you've got a bigger makeup budget. Or you want to somehow freshen up a, a franchise that's existed for 51 years? You've yeah. got to. It, it changes. The design changes. So that's yeah. you know and the, yeah the the ships too like especially the Klingon ships are so different. Yeah. Um, 
and and Starfleet ships too. I mean, so it, yeah. it uh, still accepted that. And, and I've wanted to see, like, I was, I hope, I, I wanted to see the Defiant because I wanted to see, right, DOS era ship and how that would look in in. Yeah, because we just saw the one little uh, schematic of it, but it did have some slight tweaks to the the design. Right. But. So I'm I'm all in. So yes, which is why I yeah. kind of wanted them to kind of jump farther forward to see uh, what is yeah the, what does the TNG era look in this yeah like I want to see I want to see I want to see Discovery version of of I mean again after they showed the episode where they re envisioned. Andorians who we're so familiar with and they only tweaked them a little but it was kind of just enough to be really cool and interesting like I want to see them take on some other familiar people that I guess maybe they won't encounter until TNG era like the Ferengi or the Cardassians <laughs> and 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 the oh, changes the changes they have made is basically <laughs> it made them just a slightly more alien yeah other than, like it's, it's the same thing as again like the Klingons between TOS and the first couple of films that they did where they're like, Oh, well let's make them look like aliens. Let's yeah. give them distinctly different faces now. So, which originally you know. the, the original idea, they kind of wanted Klingons. Uh, and I think they mentioned like in the, the animated series, they wanted Klingons to like to have tentacles. All right. So yeah, a little, little <laughs> trivia. I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, a lot I'm of, not a fan but, of the animated series, John. Know that. I so. know. It's, good. it's the one that I have not watched yet. To be fair, because <laughs> I, I I don't know if it fall where it falls in terms of like how fans perceive it. Is it? It's 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 not considered canon, although aspects of it have become canon. Yeah. Such, as, such as Captain Robert April, and yeah. um, obviously the the uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, right. reference yeah. like the... they pulled, but other than that, it's not officially considered canon. It's just uh, if you get past the uh, the um, animation style, I mean, it's your basic seventies filmation. Yeah, it, yeah, they do have some good sci-fi stories. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like one thing that makes me curious about it is because they wouldn't have had the budget constraints yeah. or the special effects constraints that they had at that time. So there's possibilities for stories that you can tell that maybe you couldn't have on the on the, the live action series. So yeah, it's always fun to see where writers go with that when suddenly that's no longer an obstacle. Yeah, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, but. Yeah, and just like every any other series, there's there's some good, good stories and there's some uh stories. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's not one Star Trek series that holds up completely right. every episode. <laughs> I've tried the animated series many times over the years. I can't get I just can't get past the production <laughs> values of it. Okay. Just, yeah. We 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 got but we uh the discovery they ended up nine months in the yes from the time they departed and the klingons pretty much have won the war they've taken up 
uh, taken over all, most all of the Federation. Twenty percent of Federation space is occupied by the Klingons, so I'm assuming Earth is still okay. Yeah, yeah. But once yeah, they once they get back, um, they uh, what sh- what ship? Do they say what ship approaches approached them? Uh, uh, I don't think they identify it because they're still trying to figure out what it is. They just know it's Starfleet and then Admiral Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. They're they're boarded by Admiral, well, by security team, Federation security team, yeah. followed by Admiral yeah. Cornwall, and yeah. that's when they find out what happened. Yeah, and then they they hint at georgiel maybe trying to help emperor georgiel yeah yes yeah like she's you know if she's trapped there she's offering them strategy perhaps of how to how to beat the klingons because she thinks like our you know, the prime universe klingons you know they're driven by racial purity cultural purity and you know an opposition to otherness and to assimilating with other cultures so that's very similar to the Terran Empire. She probably has a lot of insight into how they think. So, interesting setup there. Yeah. All right. Speculation on the either the next episode of the future. Start with Lorca. Are we going to see Lorca again? Do we want to see Lorca again? I want to know who he is in the Prime Universe. Because we're all, we're so used to with with mirror universe episodes, we know who the character is in our universe, and then we're introduced to their evil twin. Yeah. Lorca is the first character that we've met the evil version first, with the you know the nastier version first, and we don't know who our universe's Gabriel Lorca is. So I yeah. I'd like to see us discover him and have everyone have had this experience of serving under him and and being lied to by him and betrayed by him and then if you meet the prime Lorca and having all that baggage of <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh God, it's this guy. It's like, I'm a farmer or something, you know? <laughs> uh, I definitely want to have him back. Uh, yeah. I just, I like Jason Isaacs. I yeah. liked the character. I just, oh man, I I think they set it up in such a way that he definitely should be out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, mirror universe probably. I mean, because they seem to follow the established pattern of there's always a switch. So yeah, did he did the prime Lorca actually die in the mirror universe though? If they, That's possible. If, if they, they switch, that switched might have in happened. the ion storm, but well, but they would well, have had to both be in the same. I don't know. Location, general location. They've generally said because was when the discovery came over, even via the my you know the mycelial yeah. network, they still so said yeah. They're, but the other discovery. That's what I want to know is what what did the other discovery do in in. <laughs> that universe for apparently nine months oh maybe <laughs> what was captain killy doing in our universe for <laughs> nine months <laughs> maybe have uh, he made things 
yeah. worse for the Federation. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly that might be where that might be where they're losing. <laughs> now, now I want to actually see Mirror Universe Captain Killy. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's always a swap, as, as soon as they came, well, yeah. When the when our discovery comes, then does that mean the other one? Yeah. Go back. But well, it's not always a swap. Although I mean, I, I guess if you if you look at uh, Deep Space Nine, there were two Kiras, so there isn't always a swap. Oh, that's I, true. I can't remember because I'm actually doing the, my DS9 rewatch now. I'm only on season one. I actually can't. I don't remember the Mirror Universe. Oh yeah, no, I... she. Uh, uh, Kieran, the first one was Kira and Bashir both went over to the Mirror Universe and they met Kira's double. Okay. And that was like most of the plot was the fact that evil Kira was so thrilled to have a version of herself to play with. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah, oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen those episodes, so. Oh, I've seen um, them. It's just um, so long. Space is the one that somehow I have the, the most vivid memories of, even though I, I think of TNG as, as my Star Trek, as the one I grew up on. Deep Space Nine was the one that's etched in my brain. It's so funny I as I, I so I rewatched TNG and I'm well I'm on season six of TNG and I'm doing Deep Space Nine and oh you're doing them concurrently like yeah now I'm trying to yeah I'm like kind of going back and forth it's like when they first aired yeah uh, it's like I really it's kind of like you it's like I remembered TNG more and Picard and just that whole mythos of Picard and. Yeah. Who's better, Picard or Kirk? It's like, man, once I see Captain or you know, Cisco again, like this guy is really cool. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. may end up, he may actually be my favorite captain. So I think Picard is for sentimental reasons, Picard's gonna always have to be my favorite, but Cisco's probably the best. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I could objectively say Cisco is the best captain. <laughs> he's he's got the it's that combo of being a badass. Yeah. He's got but also a... being, you know, having a very solid moral compass, all the good Starfleet qualities, but he will punch Q in the face. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want that too. Whimsical. He's got a whimsical quality to him, though, and he's just yeah. He's a fun dad. That's yeah. that's always good. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I don't know. I hope Lorca comes back. I don't know how they would do it, but well, I I still think he might be held somewhere on Discovery and guarded by the black badge that we haven't seen since episode three. Yeah, that's that's my theory. John comes yeah. coming back to the black badge. Yeah, in the first was it episode three. Yeah, because if if Lorca was beaming within that ion storm, he could have may have not been alone he could have had like a security detail and they ended up in the prime universe and maybe he gave the black badge to the the people that came with him as a symbol of you know who he could trust yeah his inner circle although if they if they did maybe you know he he may have just killed them whoever came over with because you know they could have like said hey it's better here let's uh <laughs> Or, or they, you know, they could have had this typical Terran attitude of, well, it's every man for themselves. If I get an opportunity to turn him in and, and benefit me, yeah, I'll 
I'll pull the rug out from under him. And he's like, yeah, this is not a risk worth having. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I hope, we, <laughs> I hope we see prime Lorca so bad. I, I want, yeah. I want Jason Isaacs to be a regular for season two. Well, well the they brought is... back, they brought back Giorgio. So yeah, that's, that's kind of exciting for me. Cause I, I love the way the story flowed, but I was, you know, on obviously disappointed that she was only in the first two episodes. I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so right. having having Michelle Yeoh back, even evil Michelle Yeoh is is still pretty she's, awesome. She's got a spark of something. So yeah, she's she's got a code of honor. It's just built around a very different world. Yeah. And she apparently has brought in uh, or allowed. We're not sure, but allowed more other you know other species to somehow whether that was for the cuisine or other yeah <laughs> is, is her mouth gonna start watering when she sees she's Saru? Gonna that, she's gonna see that andorian and be like oh my god i could make you some andorian <laughs> but that's why Thorco is one of the reasons why he's pissed is because she's messing with the purity of the terran empire so yeah, she's already kind of done that, and now she's going to have some exposure to the, the Federation and Starfleet. Yeah, I wonder if they're still going to somehow get her back, and she might be the impetus of the reason why you end up having a Vulcan in Starfleet. Ten years, you know, in the yeah. future, yeah. Spock, because obviously he was there in Starfleet in the EOS episode of Mirror Universe. So yeah, maybe she. They also had to Paul. I mean, as much as I barely remember anything about the uh, the Enterprise Mirror Universe, other than the fact that Defiant was in it, and those midriff outfits pissed me off. Not from a I love skimpy outfits, but they were just so bad. They were like early two thousands awful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this looks like a like a Destiny's Child video or something. <laughs> So you're okay with the concept? It was just that the, the yeah, fashion like, was off. Before's oh. midriff outfit, loved it, totally fine. But yeah, the the Enterprise ones, I've wanted to do a a, a meme of when women design mirror universe outfits and have like Emperor Giorgio and yeah. Captain Killy with their armor, and when dudes design mirror universe <laughs> outfits and have to Paul and. <laughs> No, no. Was it was it men that designed the? Oh, well, I'm sure the I, to. I'm sure the tos ones. Yes. Who? Who? I, I don't know who the. Yeah, I don't know the the designer from Enterprise. I do know that the one on on uh, Discovery is a woman. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's. I guess you're, you're right. So Tapal was on that. Because she was, she was a traitor. She was a turncoat, or she was someone who was captured and and offered information to save her own skin. So there's, yeah, what? there's they hate other races, but they will use them to their advantage. I, I thought I heard somewhere that there was a, actually a connection between uh, Emperor Hoshi and Emperor Giorgio. Huh. I think that was just like maybe speculation or I thought I thought it was, I thought it was on I thought it was on um like After Trek or something. I can't remember where I heard that now. But Oh yeah. I don't know. I hope yeah. It's possible. Um Wasn't well, there supposed to be a oh yeah, there the uh 
the um, next Discovery comic takes place in the Mirror Universe. The yeah. So maybe maybe they'll address that. They they likely will. I know that one of the the screenwriters, Kristen Beyer, I believe, uh, has done some of the writing for the comics as well as for the yeah. show. So they're. I mean, IDW is has a pretty strong tie to the writing staff. So. Which is awesome. I love that. It is. It is. I mean, working with Mike on the the Kelvinverse stuff, he was also part of the the team. Uh, not necessarily. I I don't think on like writing the screenplay, but he was part of the the creative team on the first movie. So he. Oh yeah. Been, That's right. Yes. So you know he knew the yeah. Kelvinverse so well, and you know definitely knew how to write those characters in those actors' voices. So. Oh yeah. It added it added a different level to it. You know, it's like when I was working on Buffy with Christos Cage, I got that good job. I was like, oh, this will be terrible. Like, the script will be terrible, but it'll be fun to draw Buffy. And I read it. I'm like, no, this feels like an episode. These characters would speak this way. They would behave this way. And that is extra fun as an artist and also, I think, more rewarding for the readers to keep your comic book tie-in so closely so closely connected to the writing from the actual live yeah. action versions. Cause then you don't have a disconnect of, Oh, it's just the comic. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy that they're doing that. I think it's the first time that's just, you know, with the star Trek licenses, they've always been kind of like, okay, this is Canon and this is not. And there really wasn't a lot of emphasis put on trying to keep everything consistent. Yeah. And I like yeah. the fact that they're, they're doing that. I mean, they're not saying the comics are canon, but who cares? No, but they've got their own. They've got their own world that they exist in, but they don't just suddenly skip around and not connect to each other. Yeah, right. You know, even like it's... the the Idic miniseries called back to uh, a short story or a short couple of issues story from several years ago with the the all female Enterprise crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know they're they're calling back to their own history and they're not forgetting it or. Uh, just making it perfectly episodic where you don't connect any of the dots from earlier to each other. So I, I, I mean, my personal headcanon, I, I, I consider the comics canon in my own headcanon. I because, do too. Yeah. I mean, I have to because I got to design what the uh, <laughs> what the USS Heisenberg looks like. So if that's, if that's canon, then I have technically designed a starship that lives yeah. in the Kelvinverse timeline, and that makes me feel pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, everything, awesome. all the yeah, all the all the all the comics from 2009 uh, in like Discover, especially Discovery, because they they work with the authors and artists right closely. For, like the the light of Kalis, the the comic, the two comics that's been out so far. I mean, I think those just expand the story that they couldn't get to in the series, just, and just right. like and just like the books, uh, we we have des- desperate hour, def- desperate measures so far, and the next one's due out I think in a week or two. Dayton nice. Wards, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, even with a, especially with a show, I think like, like Discovery, where they're not going to be doing 22 episodes a season, uh, you're going to have all these extra stories in that world you can be telling, and comics and, and novelizations are a great way to explore those gaps and also fill in some of what is canon and what is on screen. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, 
to to me, it's like actually it was actually David David Mack, uh, you know, really <laughs> prolific author of the Star Trek novels. He I can't remember where he said this. I read it somewhere. It might have even been on Twitter. But I mean, he basically his view of canon is like, look, fans should not worry about canon because all it is, all canon <laughs> is, is what's on screen, so that any writer of Star yeah. Trek knows that these things are absolute. Don't contradict yeah. those things. But as far as that goes, as far as from the the consumer and the fan, you shouldn't have to worry about canon. As far as I'm concerned, if the, if, if, the, if they don't contradict the comics, then they're canon from my perspective. Especially now that they're so tied into the yeah. show via Kirsten Byer. So. Yeah. 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 Perhaps, I mean, this this is obviously a larger discussion, but I think fans can be a little too wrapped up in discussing canon and being concerned with it, where you can kind of just not be able to sit back and enjoy what you're consuming. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, just today, there was a uh, meme somebody created that had uh, six pictures of Klingons from, like, all iterations. And yeah. the, the, the question was, it actually had, um, what was it, Gold Ducat? standing yeah. in front of them and it says how many klingons do you see and everybody was saying well a, not everybody a major well, maybe half i don't know i didn't count but i kept yeah. on seeing four four yeah leaving out the mm-hmm. jj verse klingons and the discovery yeah. klingons it's like oh you sorry I, idiots I kind of, <laughs> lately i kind of feel like the people who are saying discovery people who reacted to discovery i mean granted I feel like it's been good from the start, but it was a slow burn to how awesome it is now. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there must be some Venn diagram overlap of the people who thought Discovery didn't feel like Star Trek and that The Last Jedi ruined Star Wars for them. <laughs> Those have got to be the same people. <laughs> you ruined my childhood. <laughs> it's always, it's got to be different or it's not going to survive. Right. You know, like Star Wars has to evolve as a story or it's not going to endure. Star Trek has to evolve as a story, as a franchise, or it's not going to endure. If they made the same show that they made in the 60s, yeah. it'd be like, this is cool, but there's just so much of the same thing. We're not covering new ground. We're not exploring any new ideas. Yeah. Granted, as, <laughs> as fan films like Star Trek continues, I think that works, but it's, you know, it's not, it's fans doing it on a slower budget to recapture what the original did and they did an amazing job but still i don't think i don't think they're doing it they're doing it basically you know it's the same reason that i draw fan art you know it's because there's a certain thing you you like and appreciate and you want to capture and add something of your own to it or to extend it Mm -hmm. which is totally fine i mean you know, I've, while we're on like mirror universe kick here, I've been I've got a couple of discovery pieces that I'm working on as prints, but uh, I also drew one of mirror universe Dax and Bashir from Deep Space Nine because I loved those two characters. Like no one else gives a shit. <laughs> Pardon me. No, that's fine. <laughs> so that's you know that's that's me as a fan creating what I want to see, and that's fine. But that you know, the creators of the show in the series don't will be limited in what they can do if they tie themselves to that. Like, what do the fans want to see? Well, obviously we're doing it for them, but we want to attract new fans. We want people who maybe wouldn't have considered 
ever getting into Star Trek to watch Discovery and say, yeah. oh, so what is it about this show that ties to the others and what qualities of this that I like are in the other shows? Because you can see the dynamic between Giorgio and and Burnham. And when they first appeared on screen together, I thought this is like Riker and Picard if they were two women. You know, they have yeah. that same wonderful close dynamic and that sort of mentor and protege, but also buddies. And I was like, yeah, I, you can go watch Picard and Riker and get a similar relationship. I have, I have to say that it took me a while to get over Burnham, what she did, and with Georgia ended up dying. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, man. I wanted to see Georgia as the captain of the. You know. Yeah. But at it's, least it's, I think that's intentional of the slow yeah. burn of the show and the character development. I I think yeah. like right now it's only now that I'm really starting to warm up to Burnham, and I think that's probably intentional. Like I think so because because yeah. Burnham, she's starting to also come around to where she's kind of forgiving herself at the same time that we're starting to reaccept her as you know. Yeah. Oh, and. They, that 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 take a lot. That takes a lot of risk too, because it does. Sorry, John, but in the beginning, like where some of the characters, I mean, literally, like I didn't know that I even liked Burnham as a character. I'm not sure initially I liked Stamets as a character. I would yeah, Stamets, even Saru, and it's like that takes a lot of risk to start there, knowing yeah. that they're not starting out as a cohesive crew. They're not starting out extremely likable. Yeah, Let's, that takes that's a, another, that some guts to do. It that. does, and that was another point that that uh, I think Ted Sullivan made on After Trek last night, which I hadn't really really thought of in terms of this show. But he said there have been critics who said Discovery's crew doesn't feel like our bridge crew yet. They're not all coherent. They don't have that same chemistry that the bridge crew of the Enterprise D did. Or you know, and then he made, he pointed out. This is the event that forges that relationship. So we've watched them become that bridge crew. Yeah. We've watched Saru become right. who he is. Yeah. We've watched his relationship with Burnham, Stamets, and Tilly, and Reese, and uh, I'm having I'm having the Battlestar Galactica trouble where it's going to take me a little while to learn everyone on the bridge's names. Right. But... <laughs> right. Detmer and uh... yes, yes and. The lieutenant commander, the the yeah. cyborg, I forget her name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but you're right, and that, and of course, that takes us back to that episode yesterday, where Saru, like Saru, had his moment. Like Saru's in the center seat. He did. He had yeah, a yeah. really great speech, of you know, bringing the crew together. If, I wonder if Saru will become captain. I know. See, that's one because thinking. I because I think he's. He's got. I, I think he's doubted himself as a commander. I think he thought he needed to spend more time with Giorgio to to develop those skills, and he felt cheated out of of that, and felt like he just wasn't ready. And then every chance that he's gotten to step up to the captain's chair, he's done a great job, and he's shown that leadership and that the crew respects him that way. Like I'd love to see him become Captain Saru. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be great. Up. I mean, yeah. Which on one hand, it makes me think. Where's the place for Lorca? Yeah. And yet, because that would be tough on Saru, but yeah. this show, like, they're not afraid to take the risks. Yeah. If you look at if you look at his, the fact, like, well, he's only been a first officer for what, less than a year. Before that, he was only the second officer of the Shenzhou. So 
Yeah. Technically, does he have enough experience to be captain? Probably not. But we 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 can wave that. You know, we do for if they're losing the war and they see that Saru's got the respect of his crew and and they all believe in them, they'll they won't be like, oh no, let's mess with this chemistry here and find somebody else just for the sake of protocol. They'll be like, shit, you can run this. Cool, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> Unless, unless you know, Federation Universe Lorca is just as uh, uh, persuasive as the. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, if I was captain, uh, if my other persona was captain, I should be captain of this discovery and this. Gee. <laughs> I don't like... know. We'll see. I, it was a great moment. Saru was like, he was that. He gave a really awesome speech. Yeah, Saru has quick. Saru is probably the character that I attach to the most quickly, in terms of being just like really invested in him. I think because I'm always drawn to the other character, and there's not a lot of aliens in the in the crew of this show. So, yeah. you know, I've I'm always I'm a Spock girl. I'm a Data <laughs> girl. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, uh, all right. We should probably uh, start wrapping things up here. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, Megan, do you want to talk a bit about anything you, uh, any projects you have going on? Uh, sure. Right now, uh, I think the first issue is out, but then the second one should be hitting comic stores soon. I actually uh, left the Calvinverse for a short while and have joined Doc Brown and Clara on the time train, <sighs> jumping back to the future. So that's, that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the, the series is a six-issue miniseries called Tales from the Time Train, and it's all about the Brown family going on vacation in the past to the 1939 World's Fair, which is the past to Doc, but the future to Clara. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's that's coming out when and published by... Uh... Published by IDW. Um, okay. The first issue is already out, and I think the second one should be hitting shelves very soon. Okay, and... Great couple other things in the works but they're not announced yet and hopefully i will be returning to star trek soon as well so in the meantime uh right now i'm just prepping some discovery uh prints for upcoming planet comic-con here in kansas city because i want to ride the wave of discovery excitement and sonequa martin green will be there so oh wow (laughs) oh wow and uh when is that that is february 16th through the 18th Okay, great. Uh, Any other conventions I'm, you're going to be at? Uh, so far, my my convention schedule is pretty thin this this year because I've I was uh, ill for a few weeks over the holiday and I'm catching up on deadlines. But I will also be at a small uh, convention, Little Apple Comic Con, in Manhattan, Kansas, in March, okay. March 10th and 11th, I believe, and hopefully Heroes Con in Charlotte. Okay, great. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see your uh, sketches of uh, Worf and updated <laughs> Worf. And... <laughs> yes, I think I may do Bolana first, though. I really want to see what oh, okay. like, oh, wow, that, Bolana yeah. would look like. <laughs> I definitely want to see those. And I, and I just have to say, how cool is that? Is you have that skill, you can just put together anything it's your mind thinks of. Do, so yeah. do you, like... Like maybe do something you want to see and then like, oh, I got this nice 
print of this and now it goes up on my wall uh and then you know then you have I, another I, idea and you could you know put something <laughs> else up there I have a, a weird relationship with putting my own art on walls. I have my favorite Buffy page in my studio area because I just remember being really jazzed about getting the Buffy gig and it's a page that has Spike rescuing a bunch of kittens from a poker game and it's spiking kittens. So I put that up, but I've had a couple other pieces that I really like that I've done, but I feel weird putting it on the wall. Like, yeah, so I drew this drawing of a Sokatano and I think it's really <laughs> rad. <laughs> So I, I try to put up art from other people. Like I gotcha. My peers that I admire. That's good. All right. And uh, if anyone wants to find you in social media, how would they do that? Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter. I am at Sad Megan Girls. <laughs> it's a long, long standing inside joke. And on Instagram, I'm June Gloom 19. And that's where I post all of my, both of those are all where I post all my warm up sketches of, discovery characters and other th random things that I doodle when I'm not working. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh -huh. Pictures of my dog. <laughs> Sometimes the cat, but the dog is, <laughs> the dog is more willing to be photographed. <laughs> I understand. John, anything else from you, my friend? Uh, I have nothing. Uh, All just, right. uh, you know, well, uh, Let's close it out then. Uh, Megan, thanks so much for being on the show again. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And, and we'll uh, see you all we'll next, see you next time. time on Trek Talk. We'll be doing another review of, uh, we'll do review the final two episodes of Star Trek Discovery in the coming weeks. Have a great week. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.